Welcome to the first episode of season two. In the first season of Interlace podcast, we have covered a number of countries, a number of programs, and presented some individual projects as best practice. In season two, we aim to broaden the picture and address new fields and new countries from different angles, and in more interactive, analytical, and less descriptive and pedagogical way. Beside this, we want also to address broader topics and individual stories that are international in nature, but not necessarily related to specific programs, projects or countries. The spirit has not changed and the motto of the podcast is still information, inspiration and support. For more information on the guests and on the topics covered, follow us on Facebook, LinkedIn and Instagram. All our interviews are available on our website, interlacepodcast.com. Today we have with us Elsa Håstad, the Swedish ambassador in Albania since October 2019. She will talk about culture and education in Albania and the European integration process. Me and Mirko, we have both been to Albania via Greece, but not really. So Mirko, please tell us about your visit in Albania. My visit to Albania was not a visit to Albania because I was uh, on my way to Montenegro from Greece. So I drove my car through the country. I was very surprised because I didn't really know how Albania looked like. It was a bit like being in Switzerland, all green and quite interesting for what I've seen on the way. I have some stories about it. I was stopped by the police. Apparently they like Italians quite much, so they agreed with whatever I was doing with my car and they let me go. And uh, well, I go to Montenegro and I drove eventually back to Greece, but I'm looking forward to visit Albania for real as soon as possible. And I will share my story about Albania later in an upcoming vlog project that we will release in a few months. Instead, let's listen to the interview with Elsa Håstad. Elsa Håstad, warmly welcome to Interlace podcast. Thank you. Before this interview, Mirko and I talked about our first and actually only visit to Albania and what we met then. And I have to ask you, when was your first visit to the country and how did you experience it then? Thank you, Christopher. And uh, thank you for having me here and talking to you. Well, my first uh, visit to Albania was quite late in life. It was uh, maybe 2015. I was working uh, at the Swedish Development Agency with Western Balkans, among other countries. And I visited Albania as one of the for front runners when it came to EU accession. And, you know, we had a lot of uh, cooperation programs. My impressions, extremely positive. Uh, a lot of strong and good partners in Albania. And uh, yeah, I was really impressed and I wanted to go back. But the rest of the Balkans, I had been visiting in my teenagers, in my youth. So Albania was sort of last on my list. So what would you say is the current situation when it comes to 
international collaboration in Albania. Um, Interlaced podcast is mainly about culture and, and education, but uh, regardless of the fields. You know, Albania is, when you come here, uh, for me, it was striking to notice how open Albania is. I mean, we know, we all know the history of uh, many years of being closed down by the dictator Enver Hoxha, uh, but when you come here now, it's a very open country and not only open, but it's extremely integrated with Europe. You, you, you do not need visa to go to Europe. Uh, uh, visa liberalization came many years ago and you can see that there's enormous amount of collaboration. You have EU money being overwhelmingly big in Albania and that creates contacts and interaction. And then you have the US being extremely present in Albania and that also creates contact. So I would say that Albania is really a very open country and has a lot of international cooperation. I mean, also business and, and uh, not so much investments, but a lot of business, a lot of influence. So you come here and you feel like you are in the middle of uh, southern Europe. So, but if you look on the, from the other side, are, do you find any main barriers to international collaboration? It's something that you have noticed or you're aware of? You know, it's interesting. My, my experience is so much from Eastern Europe and perhaps I had uh, some prejudice coming here thinking about Western Balkans, uh, um, much more sort of heavy and, and uh, heavy from the past but uh, but what I find is is this uh, uh, light country being quite active and then the, the question about the barriers I think uh, corruption uh, is one problem but I think corruption is a problem in all sectors not only international cooperation uh, it, I mean it's not the main problem there but 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 you have uh, some sort of corruption um, present in in a lot of sectors mm. uh, but I would say that um, it's easy to work here. I would say it's uh, the contrary. This is uh, the country uh, where I find it most easy to work. People say yes all the time. You know, when I worked in Ukraine or Belarus or Russia, it's a lot of no, you know, people say, mm. no, we cannot do this. No, it's complicated. We are not allowed. The government says no. But Albania is a yes country. People say, yes, you know, we have an idea. We want to do a democracy game in, in the biggest park of Tirana, municipalities say yes. You know, everything is a yes. I have not had any no since I came here, which is very unusual. I know that Mirko has been working quite a lot with Russia. Maybe you have similar experience. Yes, I do. I haven't been much in Albania, actually. I just drove through once, but... Russia, former Soviet Union countries, yes, it's true. It's everything is complicated and there is some reasons why it's a no, even if you don't exactly know the reason why, but and maybe not even them who say the no. So that that is my experience. But as Christopher said, uh, our podcast uh, focuses on education and culture. Uh, what is your impression about the state of the art in Albania and these two fields? You have been there for some time and you've been in contact with uh, people involved in these two fields. So in general, what is your impression? Yeah, uh, yes, exactly, Mirko. I, I would say if I start with the culture and culture scene, this is also some 
something that Sweden tries to do more. You know, I work here as uh, the Swedish ambassador and of course one of my main uh, ambitions uh, are to, to create contact between Sweden and Albania. And, uh, and uh, I think culture is a little bit of magical in that sense because uh, when people meet and do culture together, art, film, poetry, reading, uh, something happens and you create contact and, uh, and knowledge. But the culture scene in Albania is quite small. Uh, on the other hand, they are extremely curious and interested in getting influence from other countries. Uh, when I meet with artists here, many of them have studied abroad. I would say everyone that I meet in Albania have studied abroad. They speak good English, they speak good Italian. Um, and uh, many artists have been studying in Romania, uh, which is interesting. So you have a lot of influences. Uh, and now I'm talking mainly about art, but, but I've met a lot of artists here. Uh, it's, uh, it's a small film scene, not many Albanian films. I mean, like all um, former communist countries, of course, uh, you, you, you suffer when that fall apart. And, uh, uh, they have a lot of social realism uh, heritage uh, and then they have to redefine and seek something new but but they have also passed some of that i mean they are well into like second phase of transition it's not like albania is opening up now and then education education is a is a big stuff it's it's a mixed picture because it's very influenced by us you have a lot of private education alongside with government education i mean albania is a is a socialist country they they have an opposition a democratic party but the ruling party now is a socialist party and of course you have an idea of a strong um, government but the truth is that it is not strong it's underfinanced and uh, education system have difficulties on keeping uh, high quality. So people uh, pay a lot of money to go to private schooling and private universities. Um, and then a lot of young people go abroad and study abroad. Uh, and then some of them come back. But this is one of the main problems is uh, I would say lack of high uh, quality uh, in the education system. And we uh, follow you on Instagram um, and we have noticed that you were recently invited to an event promoting Albanian contemporary art, or I don't know if it was only contemporary, but uh, what were your impressions about it and uh, what did you bring home from that experience? What did you learn that you didn't know or what impressed you? And uh, that's good. I love that you follow me on Instagram and what the embassy is doing. That's really perfect. Um, uh, well, we have tried to be engaged in many culture and art activities. One was the art, uh, art auction. Uh, two things that I've done lately. One was this uh, retrospective um, exhibition that I visited. And that was an um, exposition of uh, uh, Albanian uh, art from uh, the fall of the communist era, the 90s and up to date. And I would say it's a lot of conceptual art. Um, it's a lot of political art. And I don't mean social realism politics like the old politics, but more a comment on a comment on uh, on today's life, like a picture with uh, 
with people uh, on a beach uh, bathing and and first you think it's a, a sort of just a modern painting but they're actually thinking of how they can escape albania how they can swim over to 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 some of the other countries so so you have that but but i would say um it feels modern and you can feel that they are influenced. And, and I was watching one of the uh, artists, uh, she passed away now in, in COVID, but she was very active and she felt like uh, Marina Abramovic, you know, using all kind of conceptual art, uh, making comments to, uh, to the modern society. And uh, it, it feels modern uh, and interesting and, uh, and they are young. Thank you. And uh, we were thinking also, uh, to ask you whether you are aware of any uh, initiatives, remarkable initiatives in Albania to promote the Albanian culture and education, both at national level and especially international, since this is what we deal with. Have you run into any specific prominent initiative? Uh, well, I would say that there are a lot of small initiatives. There, there's really no big initiative and, and uh, you have this, um, uh, it's a little bit of a conflict ongoing and it's a quite interesting conflict. Uh, you have a minister, she's quite young, she's very interesting, she's an architect, minister of culture, and she promotes a lot of the also, mm, I would say, traditional Albanian culture. In, in, uh, I think her idea is to promote uh, national identity. And then you have uh, a lot of young artists, or sort of semi-young, sort of 30, 40, and they try to express themselves in a modern way and they feel underfinanced. And, uh, and then you have this conflict of what kind of expression are we supporting? Is it, is it the young, new expression or are we trying to define ourselves as a, as a nation? Uh, but I have met with one artist, his name is Genti Kurini. And he has started something that he calls uh, Bazament, and it's uh, like a, it's a, it, it, it's a place, <laughs> and and he tries to invite um, a different young artists there and uh, conceptual art and uh, to make a comment uh, on the society. And I've been there watching, but it's really small; it's temporary. But what is interesting is that the art is not oppressed. As Mirko, as you said, you're working in Eastern Europe and in Russia, and so have I. Most of my professional life has been in ex-communist countries. And, and you can still feel that they are struggling with oppression. But Albania is a very open country. You don't have oppression. I know some journalists would... Uh, uh, would argue with me and say that media is controlled uh, sometimes and uh, so but but you know if you compare to other countries in transition and also Southeast Asia like Vietnam where I worked you do not have an oppression here you have other problems it's a small scene you don't have uh, enough buyers collectors you have some but uh, you know financial problems but you don't have a political oppression it's a bit impressive considering how long they've been isolated from the rest of the world even from other socialist countries so i fully agree mirko it's 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 impressive and it's uh, surprising and i was just reading uh, human freedom index for 2020 uh, and that confirmed my initial feeling and impression when i came here albania is a very open liberal country and uh, maybe it has to do with i don't know just some driving force from the past 
when you meet artists and people working in the field of culture, what would you say are the, the, the what impresses the Albanians the most about Swedish culture? I know you have to, some kind of guided tour at the embassy showing the art and so on. What would you say are the, impresses them and also cultures from EU countries in general? Uh, that's also interesting. I would say, firstly, they're quite picky. I mean, it's not like uh, when you work in countries of transition, in the early transition, they are so hungry, so they're happy for everything. But I would say that they're picky, you know, they're interested, they're very focused on Southern Europe. I mean, that's their neighbor, so it's natural. Uh, Swedish art is a bit, little bit unknown uh, and Swedish culture is a little bit unknown. So it's not easy to impress. I would say it's quite difficult to impress. But we, and, and you are right, we, we had a new Swedish art coming into the residence, uh, abstract art, modern art. Uh, uh, what impressed most was actually this <laughs> the equivalent to some political social realist art that we that we have in the residence that that was sort of appreciated uh, but uh, we also had a very unique exhibition we had five swedish artists coming i think it was in september can it be in september a uh, first time we had five swedish artists coming fantastic conceptual and and also um, interesting Swedish art and and it was full house it was during corona so some restrictions but people would come and have a look and uh, and and that was really great but I would say that Albanians in general they have no real uh, idea about what Swedish art is not mm. at all I mean there's it's like empty it's like uh, no association so we have a lot to do there and coming now to the uh, EU ambitions of uh, Albania, of course, they feel that they are entitled to become European Union member. It's not around the corner, but it's in the plans. Uh, what is the general attitude of the citizens and of the establishment towards the EU? And have you noticed any fields in which more efforts are needed or other fields in which they are already in the front line and ready to join? Yeah, it is exactly as you say, Mirko, they feel entitled to belong to Europe. And when you are here, you can sort of agree to that. Uh, they have been waiting for at least 30 years to to become member of European Union. And 20 years ago, they were accepted as a candidate country. And still, they have not opened uh, negotiations even. And, you know, it will take another 10 years of just negotiating. So uh, in one way, I'm sort of impressed that they still continue on this path and this dream uh, because it has taken, it's a generation who's been waiting. And, uh, and then you think, but this is Europe. They speak Italian, they travel around, they are part of Europe already. And they are member of Council of Europe, they're member of NATO, they are member of uh, uh, United Nations. I mean, they are an OSCE, so it's only European Union. But back to your question, Mirko. Um, uh, well, firstly, you have a very high, um, uh, Albanians love European Union, they love US, maybe that's their first and biggest love, but then you have like 97% uh, love European Union and think that, uh, you, that Albania should be a member of European Union, so it's much, much higher than we had in Sweden when, when we had our referendum voting to become a member. Um, so there, there's like no other future for Albania. 
And then when it comes to uh, to how they are doing and performing, and first I also want to say that there is political unity around this. I would say there is no controversy or no public discussion. I mean, everyone are in agreement that they, they, they should be members of European Union. No one is against that, which is interesting in itself. Uh, no debate whatsoever. And this is uh, number one on everyone's agenda. But of course, Albania have a lot of homework to do. And uh, a, a lot of focus has been on rule of law, justice reform, uh, uh, and they have uh, had problems with that. And, and we've been waiting for a constitutional court to happen. And they have uh, challenges within land reforms. Uh, uh, but, but regardless of that, they are working very, I would say quite uh, ambitious speed to, to do all this. And now uh, almost everyone uh, thinks that, that they have actually can tick the box of all the requirements that were set from e European Union and Germany uh, before they could even negotiate. Uh, but, but when I look at Albania and what they, they have to do is, uh, I, I would say environment, it's a lot of work still that needs to be done in the area of environment and Sweden is helping a lot. Uh, we are one of the biggest development partners in environment, um, but this has not been paid attention to enough, I would say, not by by Albanians themselves and perhaps not by European Union, although you, there's a lot of projects, uh, but it's not enough. So rule of law, a lot of attention, still some things to do, but getting there, environment, much to do. But then they have security and the issue of common security. And, and here I think is an interesting fact, not known to many, but Albania is the only country in the region and in Western Balkans where they follow, they align with European Union foreign security policy to 100%. And this is quite interesting. It's one of the requirements, of course. Um, and Albania is doing that without hesitation. You know, if European Union is expelling uh, diplomats uh, uh, from Russia, then Albania is doing the same. It's not even a problem. Uh, that's interesting. And it's also interesting what you said, because the only time I was in Albania was crossing it from Greece to Montenegro. And what struck me the most, apart from the fact that it was extremely clean and green, it felt like I was in Switzerland, but I had no idea it looked like that. But it was that on each single gas station, they had the Albanian flag, the European Union flag, the Italian flag, and the United States flag. Uh, United States flag. So it was yeah. their uh, vision of the world. Yeah. You know, the American ambassador here, she's like a rock star. People want to take selfies with her. They come up to her. They say, we respect you. Can I shake your hand? You know, when I'm out walking with her, uh, like Sunday walk, uh, you know, it's like walking beside David Bowie or something. That is probably also due to the role of the United States in the independence of Kosovo. Definitely, uh, yeah, definitely. So. But back to education, um, what role do you think that education is playing or could play in the transition process of Albania from being an isolated country to uh, becoming a member of the EU, if any, if you have any ideas about 
What? I mean, first, to break the isolation, that has already happened. Um, but then, having said that, of course, education plays a crucial role. Uh, but being open as it is, I mean, open to influences, open to people who can come and talk. I mean, they don't have these restrictions, as, as we spoke earlier. Uh, it, it's not like a closed community. It's quite open and inviting, so they can really... Um, make use of this and 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 make it even more in, in interactive with European Union and the US. But then I think education is absolutely crucial to to foster uh, young European citizens and um, uh, and it's partly it's already happening. It's a lot of interaction. I think if we talk about Sweden, we can do more. Uh, we we increased actually uh, students um, applying for Swedish scholarship enormously last year from like five to 50 or so because we did a lot of uh, um, external uh, uh, communication around that. But, but more can be done because uh, young people of Albania, they're only looking to to UK, to Germany, to Italy, and the US, of course. So we can do more there. Maybe maybe you have something similar to say also about the role of culture in this sense, uh, what role culture is playing or could play in the European Union ambitions of Albania. You have already said something. Yeah, but now, now I remember what I wanted to say about the education, and that is about coming back, and that is about giving hope to young people because Sorry, I will go back to the education. I wanted to say two more things. And that is what, when you come to Albania, you see this enormous potential because uh, actually, to be honest, uh, it is one of the poorer countries, but, but they don't have as much problems as they think they have. If you've been around and you've been around to other countries, you can see that Albania is quite, uh, you know, potential. You, you, you don't have internal conflicts, you're not dependent on Russia for your energy, you're self-sufficient, you don't have environment problems, you, you don't have a heavy industry, uh, you have uh, potential for tourism, agriculture, you know, perfectly placed and so on. So it's much more positive than people think and they have the biggest immigration in the Western Balkans for, for no reason at all, one can say. So I think that the education system has a role to play of um, stimulating young people go abroad but also come back because when i go out to universities and talk they have no they are a bit i mean they are they are a bit sad and they see no hope in their own country and that is a negative story that is being told over and over again and uh, and the education system can play a role in in changing that story uh, culture uh, well the culture is sort of in a way more open i mean they are totally looking at uh, at Europe, I mean, the Europe focused, uh, no other countries, uh, they're not interested in what's happening in, in uh, Asia or, or even the US, but they are totally focused on Europe, uh, the culture scene, but it's a small scene and, uh, and they just need to to expand. And I also think that Sweden, we, we, we don't know anything about Albanian art scene. I mean, who can mention any Albanian filmer or actor or artist? The only thing we know is Ismail Kadare. And I think, uh, and this is a really strong message, we should put much more emphasis on translating literature because that is really a way of being able to meet each other. And here, Albanian people, they are reading Selma Lagerlöf, 
but they're also reading some of the detective stories and and uh, thriller, the crime crime literature coming from Sweden because that is being translated because you have money in that and it's translated. But it's uh, I, I think we should really put emphasis on translating literature because they read and that's a way to get to know Sweden. Uh, I feel a little bit ashamed because I try to remember some Albanian artist. Uh, actually, I remember one, but I forgot his name. <laughs> He's a filmmaker. He had an exhibition in Gothenburg some years ago. Really great one. However, as you said, uh, Elsa, it's, it's, it's a very long process to become a member of the EU. But do you have any concrete examples of the collaboration between Albania and Sweden or other EU countries in these fields? cultural education and education that are con concretely contributing to this process of bringing Albania closer to the EU? Oh, I have so many. We, we don't even have time in, in two programs for that because Sweden is one of the biggest donors when it comes to Albania's EU accession bilaterally. I mean, we, I, I don't talk about EU delegation, but bilaterally. And we work in environment, institution, human rights, democracy and economic development. And uh, I, I would like to be concrete and talk about the agency to agency cooperation. Like we have nine Swedish agencies working in Albania and um, Everything that we do, take for example uh, statistics, uh, we, we just closed a, a 19 year old um, project with the Swedish statistic and Albanian statistic. This is typically something you need to get in shape when you become an EU member. You, I mean, it's about standards. Uh, and, uh, the, and then we have another project about uh, environment and that is to help Albania in opening the uh, chapter for environment. And then it's about everything, regulation, uh, pesticides in agriculture, you know, extremely concrete. And I believe that whenever we have a Swedish agency working side by side with an Albanian agency, that is EU cooperation because everything we do in Sweden uh, is is uh, as an EU member. So it's really peer-to-peer -peer cooperation. So we have a lot of this. Um, all of our, we have 15 million uh, euro per year uh, and everything is about helping Albania become an EU member. Everything. It's more or less impossible to avoid the next topic um, during the whole last year all of our interviews we had to to touch upon this ongoing pandemic and i have to say i'm, I'm not really updated on the situation in albania but maybe you could say a few words and in in which specific way would you say that the covid19 has affected culture and education in albania and how do you deal with this and what would you say could be the consequences of this in the short and the medium term uh, well uh, short let me start with the figures um, Albania is affected but not as badly as the other countries uh, it's quite okay now we have um, uh, five to ten uh, uh, deaths per day but it's going down we've had severe lockdown like the other countries um, schools have been closed uh, restaurants, institutions have been closed, but now it's opening up. Uh, I would say when it comes to education, we have a lost year because we also had an earthquake where that also affected actually schools. And I think we, we have students who've been home for a year. And of course, uh, that is that is problematic. 
uh, the, the culture scene has also turned online, like, like all of us. I, I, I don't think Albania differs from any other countries. And, uh, and that is, of course, also partly good. You try new ways. Uh, Albania is a, a highly digital country. Uh, a lot of Instagram. I mean, you're following me, but we actually, Instagram is really popular uh, and a, a large part of the population is using social media and they are moving fast. And uh, so I think uh, that uh, in Albania, it's like everywhere else, you know, some good things have come out. Yeah. Um, of course, uh, this was not in your question, but of course it hit very hard the tourist sector and Albania is a aspiring tourist country. So of mm. course, with all the borders locked and I mean, uh, Albania is like Greece and, and Croatia, they are trying to survive on the tourists. So of course, uh, that was a very, um, hard uh, hit on, on, on that uh, whole sector. But education and culture, I think, will um, get back into speed quite quick. I don't think it, it has had any huge impact on the culture sector, to be honest. Yeah, because uh, it's, it's a small scene, you know. Yeah. It's like the prime minister of this country said that, uh, yes, our economy is falling, but, uh, but from a very low level. So... Well, and maybe it has affected culture in the sense that with no audience, uh, the whole sector of performing arts has been affected like in all the other countries, but not Of course, of situation. course. I mean, there's no difference here. I mean, no concert, no music, no meetings. Mm -hmm. uh, musicians are out of a job. They don't have any salaries. I mean, but, but I mean, whatever I will say, I guess you've heard it before in your program and, uh, and everyone's saying the same. So it's, it's not nothing different here. Nothing too specific, yes. Uh, probably when it affects tourism, then of course all the museum business and so on is also affected. But that's globally uh, true. So, but to conclude, just to conclude, we have uh, we make a comparative exercise because we know that you've been working in other countries that you've also mentioned, Belarus, Ukraine, and so on. And also these countries have ambitions to become members of the EU one day even if they are probably at a later stage than uh, Albania. Um, what are the main differences that you have noticed between these countries or among these countries the, about their general approach and motivation, both at political and public opinion level in becoming in perspective European Union members? That's a very interesting question. And I think that uh, it's crystal clear that Albania is much more European country. I mean, it's, uh, it, it, there's no hesitation. As I said before, there's no public debate. There's no, there's no turning back because there's nothing to go back to. I mean, you, you don't have any conflict of interest when it comes to EU accession and EU membership. And if I compare to, compare to other Eastern European countries where I worked, uh, you, you have, um, uh, I mean, a total other discussion because you have Russia, you have uh, a discussion about what way to, to walk, you know, are, are we a Slavic country, you take Belarus, or are we a European country, you have that kind of discussion much more present. Uh, you have the Orthodox Church, uh, Catholic, you know, what kind of country are we? Here, it's crystal clear. We are a European country and Europe is our only way. So, so that's quite interesting. Uh, and then um, 
it's a huge difference, I must say, and I'm surprised, actually. I mean, uh, I've been working, Georgia is a quite open country in Eastern Europe, and they are like small, small France, sometimes you say, or small Italy in Eastern Europe. And if you worked, you know this. Um, but, but I would say that Albania is a much more open, liberal-oriented country. They're much more liberal than they think. They think they are in sort of Eastern ex-communist country, but I see a much more open country. You cannot compare to Belarus. I mean, you don't have you don't have any uh, oppositional uh, politician in prison here. I bet you in Belarus you have. I mean, it's it's not even comparable. Elsa Hostad, thank you so much for taking your time and sharing all this wonderful information about Albania. Thank you, Mirko. Thank you, Christopher. Very nice talking to you. Goodbye. We have plans. We have plans to visit Albania, so we will let you know Please when come. we are around. So see okay. you in Tirana. Yes, see you in Tirana. Yeah. Bye bye. Bye. So that was Elsa Hostad, Swedish ambassador in Albania. Please follow us on our social media and on our webpage, interlacepodcast.com. Thank you for listening.